Right on radio. Right on radio. And good morning. Welcome to Sunday Morning Live. Yes, we are here for Sunday morning. We're going to continue in the book of Revelation, but because we did uh, it on audio only last week, we're going to rehash a little bit of what we did before uh, and then continue on in our study of Revelation. You're going to be blessed by this, and you're going to be blessed by the two people who were with me. It's like the Triple J. It's, of course, Jesse Zaboder and Jody Dolce. Good morning. High priestesses and kings on this earth appointed by Jesus Christ. Yeshua HaMessiah. That was funny. That was, that was, that was funny. No, I believe it was... It, it was, you know, Yeshua HaMashiach, but... <laughs> yeah, I, I know I said it wrong. I, 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 I doubted it myself just before I said it, and that's what happens. Hey, um, before we get going on Revelation, I have a couple quick announcements, then I want to play a song. First of all, uh, we're back here on this platform. We're going to continue uh, Sundays here. All our other programs will not be on this platform. The links are in the description. Definitely subscribe to us on Podbean. And as a stopgap, we've got Vimeo as a channel as well. The link to Vimeo is there. You can subscribe there as well. We're probably going to migrate to uh, Frank Speech. Haven't seen what it looks like because I'm out of the US. I did not get the free preview, but tomorrow morning I will be on it, rest assured, and we will check it out and make some decisions. So make sure that you go to the links below, click on them and subscribe. You don't want to miss a thing and you don't want to miss Tuesday's show in particular because Tuesday we've got some explosive and I'm talking explosive. You will be standing up cheering, yelling <laughs> from the rooftops. Let me just say this, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you've been following this movement, if you've been following these things, I can tell you, I know it in my spirit, it has begun. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to stop there, come back on Tuesday, because I can't actually say it on this particular platform. We're going to respect their rules because we like doing these lives and having you all join us in the community. Uh, so I guess that's it for the announcements for now. Why don't we start with a song? And this song, in my estimation, is the greatest song ever written. And I chose this particular version, well, first of all, because it's, uh, it's, it's licensed free, so I can play it without getting in trouble on here. But also, when the song was written, these were the instruments that would have been used in those days. So I find it to be uh, very authentic. So without further ado, let's play a two minute version of Amazing Grace. Close in prayer and talk about cover the earth and the oil. Uh, so Jody, could I ask you to open us up as we study the book of Revelation? Absolutely. 
Father, Abba God, we give you all glory, honor, and praise. This day we lift you high. We ask that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We ask that your hand of protection be upon America, upon Israel. We ask, Lord God, that you touch each one of us here, speaking and listening, that only you would be high and lifted up and glorified, and that only the words that you want us to speak would flow from our lips. Be glorified in all that we say and do. Be high and lifted up, for you are glorious. We praise you, we honor you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. There was no audio in that track. Oh, my goodness. Did I ever blow it there? We tried to tell you, Jeff. No, you did. <laughs> oh, man. Should I play it again? Only totally. Why not? Yeah. All right. Well, you got to give me a moment because I just closed the window. <laughs> uh. Man, oh, man. You were having a God moment just enjoying it. So we By just, <laughs> we thought we would just go with the silence if you didn't see our messages. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I got to. Oh, some of the audience is saying they heard it. Oh, yeah. I got to put the chat on. It, it might have just come through, bled through on my microphone a little bit. Okay. That's possible. All right. Well, let's let's ask the audience before I go to that uh, screen share again. Should I play the song again? I'm realizing there's a uh, 30 second delay. Well, the prayer came through, and that is the most important part. <laughs> That's right. We're just waiting this Onward here. to the message is well, what I'm like, hearing. Yes, please. Well, that was only one. We're getting a lot of yeses. So. All right. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. One more time. Yeah. From the top. <laughs> oh, I can't believe I did that. Okay, pull up another window. Normally I pre-check this button and I did not do that this morning. So this is Amazing Grace.
what a beautiful, beautiful song. Yes, love that. That was very beautiful. It was worth playing the second time, I gotta say. Definitely. <laughs> so sorry for those of you who uh, did not choose that option, but I am personally happy to have done that. All right, so we started off with Revelation last time. We really only got to the seven through seven verses, as I recall, <laughs> and we spent a good chunk of the show doing that. Um, we're not gonna we're gonna breeze through the first seven, uh, but I want to give a quick overview on what the Book of Revelation is, just so we're all starting out, because there's some people here who did not see the last program. The Book of Revelation has intimidated many. Um, including myself in the past. Uh, I'll, uh, just be completely honest, I'm not an expert on all 65 books before it. Uh, and really, it is the last book. And, you know, if you skipped a number of chapters in any or number of, uh, you know, uh, yeah, chapters or books in any book, and then you go straight to the ending, you're going to miss some stuff. But I have been diligent in studying what uh, my opinions or even Jesse's or or Jody's are not 100% the gospel, we are going to give you the best information based on our studies and interpretations, but we encourage you to read the Bible for yourself. The book of Revelation is a prophetic book. It is the only real prophetic book in the New Testament. Of course, in the Old Testament, there are you know, a lot, some minor prophets and some major prophets. I believe the number is 17, 12 minor prophets, five major prophets. Uh, and most of this, most of their prophetic messages show up in the book of Revelation. And it's the book of Revelation of Jesus Christ. To me, you will not know really whom the person of Jesus Christ is without studying this particular book. And as you will see, as we read it, um, the, there are answers to everything there is. Are, there are a lot of symbols and stuff, but they're not new symbols. Uh, most of these things have all been introduced in prior uh, prophecies. They're just explained and we're given a greater picture of what is going on and what is to come. Uh, so this book can be scary. It can be intimidating. But let me tell you, uh, when we fully understand this, going through it together, you will be singing, rejoicing, and praising the Lord because you will see him in a brand new way. Fair comments? Very fair. Mm -hmm. All right. So I'm going to read the first seven verses. We'll continue past that. Uh, and then we'll just pick up a couple really quick highlighted uh, areas in the uh, the first seven verses, uh, and, and I want to say the seventh verse is one of the main keys to understanding the entire book of Revelation, and then the last uh, two couple verses that we follow are probably the most important in this chapter, in my estimation. Uh, oh, before I even read Revelation, I just... Uh, the first scripture I saw when I opened up my Bible this morning was Romans 10, 9 to 10. So I just want to read that. And if you're not a believer, this is something that uh, you want to listen to in particular. And 
you know, perhaps it'll even help you. Well, it will help you understand the book because understanding only comes by the spirit of God. The wisest man in the world could read uh, any of the, the Bible and not understand it. It only comes by the spirit of God, the spirit of understanding. So it's a prayer for salvation that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart of a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. Amen. Amen. <laughs> All right. So I'm just going to read verses 1 through 6. And I want you to note, actually, when I end verse 6, there is an amen, okay? That is very important because amen is typically at a conclusion uh, if we look back through the Bible. And we always say amen at the end of a, of, a, of a prayer. And also at the end of verse 7, there is an amen. So verse 7 really is being signaled by God that it's, it's a standalone piece. So listen to this. The revelation of Jesus Christ, who gave him to show to his bond servants the things which must soon take place. And he sent and communicated it by the angel to his bond servant, John, who testified to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, everything that he saw. I just want to make a quick note there because we're not going to go too deep. He saw this. He was watching a movie, in essence. And he was recording it. So it's very important to understand that. Blessed is the one who reads and those who hear the words of the prophecy and keep the things that are written in it for the time is near. As far as I know, this is the only book in, in the New Testament, possibly in the, in the whole Bible, I'm, as again, I'm not an ex, that actually promises you a blessing. God is promising you a blessing by hearing and reading these words. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are, on, who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the living of kings of the earth, to him who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood and made us into a kingdom of priests, to God and Father, to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, and even those who pierced him and the tribes of the earth will mourn over him. So it is to be. Amen. Amen. All right, ladies. There's some stuff to unpack there. Where do you want to go? Which verse do you want to start with? Or are we doing a recap? Unpack. Yeah, let's let's do a quick recap of, of these first set first six verses, then we'll tackle the seven. Yeah, well, I think some of the, you know, that last verse is, 
you know, really one of the more important ones um, where it talks about his coming. And, you know, we had talked a little bit last week about, um, you know, when that would be in regards to the tribulation. Um, so we shared just a little bit about the pre, mid, and post-trib views um, and discuss that. But, um, you know, the main thing out of that is that when he comes, you know, his word says, every eye will see him, especially those who pierced him and the tribes of the earth will mourn over him. Mm -hmm. Now with the clouds, is a reference to it being celestial. So mm -hmm. um, last time on the pod bean, we talked about that meaning that it will be our spirit men, all, all living creatures that lived and even those who have passed away will see the Lord Jesus Christ coming in his glory. So they will see him and know, and it says they will weep, which means that they will have an understanding of exactly who he was, which is beautiful. Uh, the seven spirits that were, which are before his throne, I wanted to bring that up because that confuses a lot of people. The seven yeah. spirits are the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, and fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord is more of a, a reverent respect. So uh, we have to understand who he is and his sovereignty and his glory. So uh, all those seven spirits represent different uh, aspects of God that we can actually request. He tells us to ask for wisdom, knowledge. He gave us authority to walk in his might. Um, when the spirit of the Lord comes upon you, and I know Jesse understands this, I've had it happen to me where I almost feel like I'm just visiting <laughs> and the Lord is doing the work, you know, um, and when it comes upon you, it's such a beautiful thing because we are one with him. We are created with him and uh, we're, we're put on this earth for a purpose. And it's an exciting purpose because it's to, to one, love the Lord God with all our heart, mind, strength as from our own free will. We're the only beings that do that. The angels serve him. We choose to love and serve him. So it's, it's beautiful. And Jesus, when it says that uh, the firstborn of the dead, he came as a lamb the first time. And he came to be slain in the flesh. And it says in Hebrews that he came to die so that the fear of death can be removed from us. Someone asked a question in chat a few minutes ago. And they said, how can we not be afraid when we see all these? I want to encourage them to read Exodus 8, because when the pestilence and the nonsense was hitting Egypt, God's people were safe. So we will be safe. This, these things that are coming are not for God's people. These things that are coming are for those who are wicked. Does God want anyone to perish? He does not. But this is, this is what um, God is into seed time and harvest. And this is what they are reaping upon themselves. This is not something God's doing because they're evil. So I want, wanted to answer that question because that's a vital question. So they cannot be afraid. They can be excited about what's coming because what's coming for them is the king in all his glory in the clouds. It's exciting. So I just want to share that part. Amen. But, that, but not the, the one thing that I'll say just as, as a statement uh, on top of that, it does not mean we will not go through some difficult times. Yeah, well, we're but doing we it will now. Not have the wrath of God come against us. Right, right. We don't want that wrath, right, Jess? <laughs> right, exactly. 
Yeah, we, we're living through part of it now. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to get into the rapture and stuff further down the line, mm -hmm. but I do want to focus on and back up the uh, verse seven with a couple other scriptures. So I'm going to read verse seven again. Behold, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. So those are the dead already and the tribes of the earth will mourn over him. So it is to be, amen. So, so it is to be, is, it is a, an event coming in the future. Now, I want to read a little bit from Acts, because remember, what we just read in verse 7, he is coming in the clouds. So from Acts 1, I'm going to read from verse 9 to 11. After he had said these things, he was lifted up while they were watching, and a cloud took him up out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going, then behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. And they said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This is Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven and will come in the same way as you have watched him go to heaven. So he's going to come in the same way. He went in the clouds. Right. He's coming back in the clouds. Mm -hmm. Now I want to read a couple things, and this is going to be very significant to understand the order of things, and, and I believe I've got some great revelation when we get there on the timing of these things. And look, I could be wrong. I'm trusting some other people's discernment and studying for myself, trying to double check them, but this is going to be really key. So I'm going to read a few more passages, and then, ladies, I'm going to shut up, okay? I promise. <laughs> you don't have and to the audience, but I'm reading scripture, so get off my case. <laughs> <laughs> But, okay, Matthew 24, verse 29, listen to this. But immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from sky and the powers of the heavens will be shaken and then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and get great glory. He will send forth his angels with a trumpet blast. And they will gather together his elect from the four winds and from one end of the sky to the other. Now, another confirmation. Remember. Mark 13, verse 24. But in those days, after the tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. And the stars will be falling from the heaven and the powers that are in the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. Sounds like the same thing, right? Are we reading this over? Is this yeah. confirmation? Luke 21. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. 
But when these things begin to take place, straighten up and lift your heads because your redemption is drawing near. So I don't want to focus on the tribulation, but uh, at this point, because we're going to get there in a lot more detail, but Jesus is coming in the clouds. And to me, the scripture is pretty clear. It's after the tribulation. The questions that are going to arise as we go forward is how long and what is the tribulation? Mm-hmm. Go, Jess? That's a great question. Uh, were you asking us to answer that now? or No, no. Uh, <laughs> we can carry on. Do you have the scripture out? Do you want to carry on past verse 7 for a bit and we'll discuss some more? Yeah, definitely. So we've got Starting with verse eight, um, he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. And then John starts to speak. I, John, your brother and fellow partaker in the tribulation and the kingdom of perseverance, which are in Jesus, was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice with the sound like a trumpet saying, write in the book what you see and send it to the seven churches to Ephesus and to Smyrna and Pergamum and Thyatira and to Sardis and Philadelphia and Laodicea. All right, let, let's stop there, Jesse. Let's just yep. read these little paragraphs and break them down so we can cover this completely. Um, so we don't have to go much into the churches because they're going to come up in chapters two and chapters three. But the very first uh, line of well, verse nine, I, John, your brother and fellow participant mm-hmm. in the tribulation and kingdom. What does that say to you, Jody? Okay, yeah, I'm excited about that because I wanted to actually focus on that word. So in Greek, I am not a scholar, so I can't say the Greek word. But in Greek, the actual word for tribulation means to press or to um, put pressure on, to crush. So he's talking here, and if we think back in those days, they were going through a tribulation. They were being hung upside down and stoned to death. So people become afraid of this word tribulation because it sounds like something that's, you know, they're going to be marching into your house and clubbing you to death. We're going through a tribulation now. They were going through a pressing then. And we have to understand why there is tribulation, why there is this crushing or pressing or being squashed. It is because God created us to be like him, to, to he created us to be uh, to be an, in Eden, not in the world system. So we are actually foreigners in this world system. So if the enemy could, he will crush us down. He wants us to think that we are under his feet. But we know, according to the scripture, that it says that I will put enmity between you, which is hatred, between you and the woman, and she will. they will crush your head and you will bruise their heel. He won't even get above our heel. So if we remember who we are in Christ, tribulation means nothing. See, and one of the things God keeps telling me he's calling me to do right now is, and this is the wording he's giving me, rise up the warriors, not raise up. Raising is like teaching a child. He's saying, rise up the warriors, Jody. Get out there. Get the word out there. Start teaching and ministering. And he wants those of us who serve him to know 
who we are. And the word tribulation should not make us afraid. Let's crush him back because he thinks he can squish us in a corner and he can roar like a lion. He's not one. But the only way he can get away with this stuff is if you let him. And a lot of Christians come from a very defeated attitude because we've been in these little churches who just preach to the choir and actually uh, what the Lord spoke to me, I actually cried yesterday. I was sitting and I was meditating on the word and, and the Lord said to me, the church has aborted the Holy Spirit. And, and I saw the Holy Spirit within a woman and the, and the church um, being aborted. And it made me cry because we have, we shut him up. He, we're not allowed to speak in tongues and interpret. We're not allowed to speak in tongues in prayer. We're not allowed to prophesy. God forbid somebody sings out of the spirit and they go longer than the 10 minutes that the worship segment is given. So we have got to get back to who we are. And when we see that word tribulation, instead of getting afraid, we should go, all right, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go crush the head of the snake. It's time for the church to rise and to start walking as warriors in the army of God. So I want to see all of God's people empowered all of God's people utilizing all the gifts of the spirit and discerning because in this day, one of the hardest things to find is truth. You can't pay attention with your ears or eyes. You have to discern. So we need that spirit of God within us. That's why Jesus left. And that's how we, we don't abort him. That's how we walk. We walk in the spirit. So I'm, yeah. I'm glad to share that. <laughs> I love that. And you know, that's what I would bring out too, is that, here we have John that we know, you know, was one of the three disciples out of 12 that, you know, were in the Lord Jesus Christ's most inner circle. So, you know, they got to go with him to certain events or things in history that nobody else in their group got to see. And we know that John, you know, was known to be the one who would lay his head upon the Lord's chest. Um, at, you know, there's a couple recorded events about that. So, you know, he's, he's very close with the Lord and, you know, here he just confirms that, you know, it's the Sabbath. It's, it's that holy day that's to be set apart with the Lord. And where is he? he he's in the spirit. He's in the Lord's presence and the Lord, you know, gives him a job to do. He's, he's, you know, takes him into the heavenly places so that he can see all these things that the Lord wants to reveal. And his job is to write it down, to record it, and to distribute that message to the churches and to the people. And, um, you know, I think it's easy to forget sometimes that, you know, that this Bible was written by real men and women, just like us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there was nothing special about them. They, they were, you know, fishermen. <laughs> they, they were kind of the rough, roughest around the edges that you could get in that day and that time. And yet when the Lord called them and said, follow me, you know, they all left their livelihoods. They left their cities. They left everything mm -hmm. and ventured on this path to follow the Lord wherever he went. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so it's just such an example that, um, you see deep spiritual qualities that I think a lot of times the church suppresses, you know, that, that we are citizens of the spiritual realm. We're citizens of heaven. 
first and foremost above all things. Um, there's things that we have to do on this physical earth, but we also have spiritual things that we're to do. Mm-hmm. Um, are we to be present in the heavenly courts or, you know, in the Lord's presence on the Sabbath? Um, you know, the church doesn't teach things like that. You know, we think, oh, well, you know, we're supposed to be at church. Um, but maybe there's more to it. And I love that that's brought out. So exactly. And the Lord says, don't be afraid when these things come, when tribulations come, when trials come, because those are the things that work your faith and make you strong. And we have to realize that Paul, um, all of them, uh, Paul and Silas were in jail. What did they do? Were they crying? Oh, my God, we're we're in a tribulation. We're in a bad time. We're going through something heavy. No, they worship the Lord and the doors open you know, an angel visit, you know, Daniel was in a lion's den and the the mouth of the lions were closed and uh, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were thrown in a fire and there was a fourth man in the fire with them, you know, so we have to stop being afraid of everything because that fear empowers Satan. And, you know, uh, Patmos was an island that they were exiled to. It was where the Romans sent them, like, get out of here. You you know, like Gitmo. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Right? But look at what happened when Jesus is with us wherever we are. Wherever we are, no matter what we're going through. But we don't understand the thing that Job said. You know, though you slay me, I will serve you. We have to be willing. This life is temporary life eternal is what we're after and we want to glorify the king while we're here and give him glory from a free spirit which is just an amazing like if we if we grasp that we would be excited that we serve him and then when we realize we can be that way though you slay me i will serve you but he promises us victory and uh revelation does promise but then deuteronomy also has promises in it um i wanted to mention that before so um and throughout the scripture, he's never going to leave us or forsake us no matter where we are. So I love what Jesse just said. And I want to encourage people, stop being afraid. It empowers the enemy. It, we yeah. don't want to empower him. We want to Fear is not from the Lord. He already That's said, right. do not fear. And, right. you know, and, and so this, this is so good. And by the way, just a little side note, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, when you really start to press into God, you think that uh, the devil's attacking you. Sometimes there are demonic forces. I'm not discounting that. Celebrate when that happens Mm -hmm. because you have the power to rebuke it. And it's not going to come at you if you're not affected. If you're not making a dent, who cares? He's not coming after you. He's not, you know, so, but, but also I want to just say, uh, don't get religious about this. Not everything is an attack from the enemy. Right. You know, sometimes just you deal with flawed people, you know, (laughs) by the way, you're flawed and your and your flesh suit is flawed as well. Um, If I can interject, people need to learn to speak the contrary to whatever the enemy's doing. I woke up one morning, got a notification and notification was horrifying. And I woke up and I said, you know what, Satan, you're not bothering me today. I'm going to function as if I didn't see that thing. And my God will be glorified. And the Lord took care of the very thing. Sometimes it feels like it's the last minute. And, you know, and I'm like, yeah. could you have come sooner? Other <laughs> times I'm going through stuff. And, and Jesse knows me because I, I love her to pieces. And, but I will say, will you please hurry me through this? Teach me what I need to know. I want right. to get through this because I don't like how this feels to my flesh. 
but teach me, God, that I may know what it is you want me to learn from this situation so that I can get victory over it. And then to kick Satan in the teeth even more, once I gain that victory, I'm turning it around and I'm going after him with it. And I'm going to help every single person that I know who's going through the same thing or has been through the same thing that I've been through. We have to learn to war. I'm sorry. I love the practical application because that's, you know, if there's something that, you know, just doing this Bible study that, you know, we can bring to you. Uh, we've all been walking with the Lord for many years. Uh, we can bring you some practical application. None of us are new to warfare. Right. I can tell no. you that. No. One day I'll show, share my testimony and you'll see that I've been in the game for a while too. Yeah. Jody, I love why don't that you though. read? Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I love that, you know, but um, it reminds me of the verse out of First uh, Peter 1.16. And, you know, I mean, you think of all that these these guys went through, you know, they banked everything to follow Christ. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they watched him be crucified. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, they then watched him raise from the dead. They spent time with him after he raised from the dead and they watched him ascend to heaven. And I love that verse because in it, Peter says, you know, we didn't follow cleverly invented stories. Right. And I want people to remember, like, you know, everything that's written in scripture, it's not just stories. This is a recorded historical document of lives. And Peter goes on to say, you know, we didn't follow cleverly invented stories when we told you of the power and the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's what Revelations is about. It's really about the power of his coming. And Peter says, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesties. And that's what each of our, us are these days, that as we go through those tribulations, as we go through those trials, you know, Jody, your example was perfect. You talk about, you know, how you were going through this tribulation, yet um, as you submitted it to the Lord, you became an eyewitness of his majesty in that, mm-hmm. you know, you saw the miracle. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need to remember is that, you know, the harder pressed we are, the more miracles, the more glories the Lord plans to reveal. Amen. 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 <laughs> so, Jody, why don't you read 12 through 16? And then, Jesse, I want you in particular to comment on this section. Okay. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot and gird about with paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as flames of fire. How far do you want me to go? Uh, Right through 16. 16, okay. And his feet like unto brass, fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. Hmm. Yeah, I I absolutely love those verses. Um, For me, it's probably the closest anybody could put in human terms 
to what they're seeing in the heavenlies in regards to Jesus Christ. Um, you know, some of the backstory of some of this description, you know, it's describing that they're seeing the Lord, you know, where his hair is white as wool and snow, his eyes are fl like flaming fire, his feet are glowing like as, you know, clay in a furnace, which gets red and hot and radiates. Um, and you've got this description and as you start to look at all the elements that are here, it's telling us about the glory of the Lord, that John is in that place where he's seeing the glory of the Lord. And not many individuals, you know, be, really before this or, you know, before they saw Jesus in his transfigured form, um, you know, the only place in the Old Testament where people you know, witnessed or, or were in this presence of God, it, it was Moses when he went up on the mountain. And it says when he came down, like he had to literally cover his face because they couldn't even look at his face. So it, it's interesting that all of a sudden now we have this unveiling that, you know, it's not like Moses who was in God's presence and then his face has to be veiled and nobody can see that glory uh, the veil has been removed, you know, it was torn. And now we can see the glory of the Lord in its fullness and it's being described to us. And his word says that he is a consuming fire. And so, you know, I, I love that, that it, it brings out all these things. And, you know, I don't know if other people have ever heard, you know, the Lord speaking, but it, you know, it says it sounds like the voice of many rushing waters. Um, you know, looking at some of the little things, the golden, the seven golden lamp stands, um, you know, we've talked about how that represents the seven spirits of God and the sufferings of Christ are part of that oil um, that drips from the olive trees that are on both sides of that golden lamp stand in heaven. And they fuel the oil that goes up through those candlesticks and, you know, it's described as being the seven spirits of God. So, you know, what's being described to us is that, you know, the sun is not something separate. He's not apart from this scene. Like he's right there in the glory of the father and of the seven spirits. They're all one. And, you know, it's, it's basically talking about his glory. Um, the seven stars, it tells us are, you know, the seven angels who are over the seven churches. So he holds those angels in his hands. And, you know, it's always scared me when it says, you know, that um, out of his mouth proceeds a two, two edged double sword um, you know, that really speaks to words that are like judgment that, um, you know, they will cut with such a fine cut that it doesn't matter which side of the sword he's cutting with, you know, you're, you're at the mercy of the one wielding the sword. <laughs> it also describes just how important our words are, because mm -hmm. our words are, have the same creative power as God and as Jesus. 
And it says that we'll be held accountable for our idle words. So when we realize he's looking at Jesus in his glorified form, like Jesse said, like one with the father, if we were to look at the father, we'd, we wouldn't be able to handle that. But Jesus comes to us the way we can handle seeing him, but he is really glorified in here. And it's that John talks about, he, he said, one is dead, you know? <laughs> so, and, and it's exciting, but the sword in the mouth, I love that because it's so important that we um, understand that we have that same creative power. Like I love all of earth, animals, everything. And the reason I do is because when I look at it, I just see this beautiful creative power of God. And the word says when, when God speaks, universes are created, you know? And he said to Job, where were you when I created the Pallades and thus no? So that two-edged sword will knock off and cut away anything that raises itself against the knowledge of God. So it, it's a judgment sword or it's a forming sword where you want it to cut off the things on us that, that aren't supposed to be there. So I don't want his judgment. I don't want his wrath. <laughs> no. I want to please him. <laughs> when we get to his wrath, that's bad. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> but it's, it's not bad. for us. <laughs> not for us. That is for sure. But as you, with us, we don't want anyone to experience it. That's exactly. for sure. Exactly. So thank God for this, this harvest. He's going to come. He's going to reveal himself in such a great way. Yes. The whole world, you know, is going to feel or see his power. How he does it, I don't know. But he's going to do it before he comes in the clouds. I feel it in my spirit. Yes. And I pray that I'm right about that. So Mm -hmm. a couple of things I just want to say about that. Uh, So, Jesse, you had mentioned the lampstands. I just want to say there's there's other interpretations. And I'm not sure which one is right. But other interpretations say the lampstands are representative of the churches Mm -hmm. there. So, um, but I want what I wanted to focus on here. Is it says he saw seven golden lampstands in the middle of the lampstands was God. Um, and then where does it say? Oh, and then the seven stars. So seven is coming up and right. seven comes up quite a bit. And uh, for me, seven is completion. It's yeah. it's perfection. It's it's uh, there's a lot of different words, probably a lot of different applications of it. But the way again, I always try to make things simple. <laughs> You know, because honestly, it helps me understand. So when I think of completion, I think in, in our modern vernacular, mm-hmm. we would say 100%, right? right? So when when I look at that and it says, you know, the, the seven lampstands, it's 100% is there, okay? Uh, and earlier in, the, in this book, uh, in the first book of Revelation, talk about the elect. And that's, you know, it's 100% of the elect. So just keep in mind when we see sevens, you know, and maybe it won't work everywhere. I haven't tested it everywhere, but if you think hundred percent, it kind of makes it easier to understand a little <laughs> for me. Is that, is that okay to say, do you find anything wrong with, with that Jesse or Jody? No, I don't. Um, and you've got, I mean, you've got to think too, you've got the triple sevens, um, you know, which ideally represents the father, son, and the Holy spirit. The, the complete fullness of God. So, um, yeah, it, it gets interesting. It is and, and just as a side note, a message to triple seven. <laughs> he gave me a word, and I'm just going to read the last two words because I don't think it was meant for everybody, but it said his self. I'm still working on it. And it's funny because this morning I thought, man, I'm getting close to the answer. 
I don't know what what this word means yet, but I'm getting close. So thank you. I keep it it's pinned on the wall right next to my desk here. I keep every day I'm looking at okay, come on, God, give me something. <laughs> So uh, anyways, all right, let me read the last uh, last few verses. And I think these are really, really key verses in, uh, in this first chapter. When I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man. And he placed his right hand on me saying, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last and the living one. And I was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and of Hades. Therefore, write the things which you have seen, and the things which are, and the things which are to take place after these things. As for the mystery of the seven stars, which you saw in my right hand, and the seven golden lampstands, and the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Mm -hmm. So he answered so, that question, didn't he? <laughs> kind of answers that question right away, but... Listen, there's just so much more here. And, and the first one, just like you said earlier, Jody, do not be afraid. Mm -hmm. God, whenever his angels come and, and presented themselves to the saints, don't be afraid. That's right. Fear comes from the devil. That's right. And fear is not of God. I got to give my definition of fear again, because it's really good. Go ahead. So by the way, before I do, I have a I have a poster in my on my office that I'm looking at even as we speak. It's right above my screen here. And it's a picture of a stop sign, and the stop sign says fear. And underneath it, it says fear is an emotion, not a stop sign. Awesome. So don't let fear hold you back. And that's part of where I get my definition for fear. Right. Failure to confront the future. Mm. Meditate that's on good. it. I'm telling you, mm. meditate on it. Yeah. And the word of God tells us that the Lord has, it's first Timothy, I think it's first Timothy one, seven, I'd have to look it up. But um, he says, he's not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So if you're feeling fear, that's not coming from God. He didn't, he didn't order that on the menu for you. <laughs> so let it go. When, um, when uh, COVID-19 came, I asked the Lord, what is this? Cause I wasn't about to just start walking in fear. And he said, it's, it's a satanic attempt at global fear to empower him because uh, fear empowers him like faith empowers me and I said okay so I've, since the beginning I've not fallen for it or been afraid of it so when we seek God and seek his truth that sets us free from fear and then we can walk in victory that's right amen amen so he was the first and the last oh actually let's start with I fell at his feet like a dead man, mm -hmm. and he placed his right hand on me, saying, do not be afraid. So why would he say, I fell at his feet like a dead man? I think because literally he <laughs> fell at his feet like a dead man. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he he <laughs> couldn't go anywhere. He, he literally, I mean, it's, I just imagine it as being one of those things where the glory of the Lord, that vision he was seeing was so strong mm -hmm. that there was he couldn't even stand in the lord's presence like he 
just fell and, you know, could do nothing except for just be there. Um, you know. I think that's so spot on, Jesse, because ex exactly like he, he was he was having he was brought up into the heavenlies. Right. So he's not in his flesh suit anymore. And believe me, if you leave your flesh suit and you're waking up Lex and Jesus, you're thinking you're probably a dead man. <laughs> <laughs> right. But the word glory also one of the meanings for the word glory is weightiness. Mm -hmm. So what he was faced with was the importance, the weightiness of God. And I think that if any of us got in the presence of God and felt that glory, that weightiness, we'd all, we'd all fall on our face, you know? Oh yeah. Well, it's very similar. Um, you know, you have Isaiah, you know, in chapter six has a very similar experience where he sees the Lord on his throne. And, uh, you know, it says he fell on his knees and said, woe is me. You know, basically I'm a, I'm a dead man. I'm a sinner, you know? And um, that's when the angel touches his lip with the coal. Then you also have Daniel when he was pulled up in vision into the heavens. Um, it says that literally he was, you know, like a dead man. And, you know, he it, when he came back out of that vision, he was sick. I think it said for like a week or something, he was just very sick after the vision and um, it took a huge toll on his physical body. So, um, yeah. you know, I think that he's describing there's this natural reaction when we, of our flesh, when we see the presence of God, because there is no unrighteousness in him at all. And in our flesh, you know, we, we always will battle that um, sin nature mm -hmm. until we're perfectly glorified in Christ. Amen. And it also brings us back to what he was saying about when all who live see him coming, you know, from the clouds, how they will weep, you know, that seeing Jesus, oh my God, he is yeah. God, he is in his glory. It's something to behold. I'm getting goosebumps. And, and, this, <laughs> and this is even the ones who pierced him, yes. right? Amen. So, right. you know, every person who has walked this planet or been on this planet is going to be included in that uh, revelation Amen. of the Lord Jesus. Amen. So he was the living one, and then he was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and of Hades. Mm -hmm. yeah. So what does he mean by that, Jesse? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I go off of my experience, but Jody keeps bringing this verse back to me. But, um, you know, we know that in the last days that Avedon will have those keys and will use them to open the abyss uh, with the tribulations and things like that. Um, but this verse implies that the one who holds those keys right now, which means he has to give them to Avedon, is Jesus Christ. So, um this, this will play out more as we get through the book of Revelations. We're going to see a transaction um, take place here. Right. And this is just truly amazing. So, you know, even, you know, when we perceive Abaddon as being a bad dude, um, you know, um, at least that's the way scripture reads to me. Uh, but yet, even they must obey the commands of Jesus Christ. Yeah. 
You got that. And it poses a question because, you know, he's talking about um, his death and, you know, that he rose from that death. Yet it implies if he has the keys of Hades, how did he get them unless he was present there during his death? So um, some scholars have speculated that this is one of the verses proving that the Lord, you know, there's no place he can't be and that, you know, he did go um, into Hades and understands the depth of the suffering uh, being away from the full presence um, of God in that situation. So now, is there a difference between Hades and hell? Um, most scholars would say that they are the same place, that Hades is the Greek name for it. Okay. So one of the things that, uh, that I think is going to become apparent as we continue this study is that there's a misconception that the devil is in charge of hell. Right. I mean, mm. we all see the cartoons and the commercials and, you know, the movies that have him in charge of Hades and ruling down there. And Nope. I but, think you're going to see great revelation that that's right. God created it. God controls it. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. That's right. So, okay, well, listen, let's just uh, conclude here. As for the mystery of the seven stars, which you saw in my right hand, and the seven, so the seven stars, it's, it's complete. And the seven golden lampstands, it's complete. And the seven stars are angels of the seven churches. So he is coming back for his church. Mm -hmm. And ladies and gentlemen, I started off with that, uh, you know, that prayer. If you don't know Jesus Christ, look, this stuff is real. The Bible has never been wrong. And so many prophecies have come to pass exactly as they have. And if you really study this stuff, the mathematical impossibilities of all this stuff coming true is incredible. In fact, I remember there was a mathematician, a a Christian guy, um, brilliant man, and he just calculated what the what was it the two hundred and I forget the exact number of prophecies about Christ that he that Christ fulfilled in his years walking on flesh. He fulfilled everything, and the mathematical probability is: get this, if you had a landmass the the size of Texas. And you filled that landmass with the size of Texas with dollar coins. But you marked one dollar coin and put it somewhere in the midst of the state of Texas, one feet deep of these dollar coins, and you sent a blind man in there, the odds of him picking up that gold coin on his first attempt is equal to the mathematical probability of one person fulfilling all of those prophetic words. God has given you absolute proof of everything he said. And by the way, again, just because I'm a simple person, if you're not sure if God exists, why did the clock start ticking 
when Jesus went to the cross. Mm. Yeah. There's BC and AD, and most of the world follows that. I don't know. Maybe it was significant. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you also have the involuntary, involuntary fulfilling of prophecies that, you know, he couldn't control that his conception was a virgin conception, you know. Yeah. Um, but let's say even if that wasn't true, you know, as an infant, he also couldn't control that his parents would move to Egypt for two years and then come back to the land of, you know, Galilee. And scripture says, you know, where my son will come out of Egypt, it says that he would be raised in Galilee or Galilee. Um, so things like that, you know, he had absolutely no control over. And yet those things were fulfilled. Um, Right. So it gets really interesting when you study all of those, um, you know, and look at the details of them because they are fulfilled to the very detail. Exactly. Well, he, it says there that he, I am he that liveth, he was dead and behold, I live forevermore. But also it says, I am the beginning and the end. So he knew the beginning from the end. He was, the word was with right. God. The word was God, you know, and so we have a need in our physical bodies to have a beginning and an end and understand it. And we kind of put God in a, in a little descriptive box, but he is so much grander than anything we can conceive, you know, so um, understanding that this is kind of, you know, we've heard the term, most of us future proves past, <laughs> you know, so yes. that's kind of what's going on. He's proving the past being in the future and then he's going to come back again and it's it's really fun if you realize that we, god is not in a time frame like we are you know we're stuck in here but um you know eventually one day i i can't wait to be free and i want to fly like a like an angel <laughs> but it's just you know i want wings but uh, <laughs> but i mean if you we we are confined to time he is not so everything that was or is already was everything that's coming already was it's it's kind of a concept that's beyond our time frame. Yeah. And, and it was the word that created this. So he, he spoke it into creation. And then when we talked about the, the tongue being the double-edged sword, you know, it's the power of the tongue and what the word is. And again, you know, if, if you good people, if you understand how powerful your thoughts are and you work, your words are, you'll be a lot more careful with the things you say that's why you know we don't need to argue with each other we can love each other and disagree on things it's okay to disagree mm -hmm. that's right it is <laughs> so well praise god so jesse you have some updates uh on the oil project and just before we go i just and i want to go to to your updates and then maybe you can prayer us out Jesse, but I want to remind people, go to the description box. If you have not subscribed to Podbean, go there. Also, check out, the. just listen, click the link. It's really simple. It's in the description box. Go to Vimeo if you're a video person. Uh, we probably won't be on there that long, but it's a high quality product. And Tuesday's broadcast will be on Vimeo. I can promise you that. Um, and possibly on other platforms like Frank Speech. But we're always going to be on Podbean. So go there now and by the way the other links to support jesse's patreon and 
the show and, and right on you with the coupon code. It's all there, not going in the sales today, but I just wanted to mention that because it is important and Tuesday's show is going to rock. <laughs> That's right. May I interject an answer to a couple of questions that was in the chat? Oh, please. Quickly. Um, there was someone who said, what about people who don't have any support? How do they handle things? And, and it's really important that your intimacy with God is strong, that whether you're with people or without people, you can maintain your walk with God. And I want to encourage people. It, it's better if we're together. It's a, if one could put a thousand to fight, two could put 10,000 to flight. We're exponential together. But if there is a season and a time when we're not with others, you know, David encouraged himself in the Lord when all of the, his troops came after him when they were out to war and everything that they had was taken. So he had to go and encourage himself in the Lord. No one was standing with him. So we need to be able to do that. So I want to encourage you when you can't get with others of like-minded belief, encourage yourself in the things of God, pray, read the word, worship. Worship always does it for me. Um, the other one was, are these evil people that follow Lucifer and Satan, are they stupid? No, they're deceived. We have to remember that even Jesus, as he was being crucified, looked down at those crucifying him and asked Father to forgive them because they know not what they do. Why was he able to do that? Because he could see the demonic forces that were deceiving them. He knew that they were a deceived people. So I don't have any hatred toward any Satanists, anyone who worships or none whatsoever. As a matter of fact, my heart hurts because if we're right about the Lord Jesus Christ and what's coming for them, we need to pray for them. That's why yeah. Jesse is so special because she has such a heart to get them out of there because she knows, we know. So we don't hate them. We don't call them stupid. If, if what we believe is true, we see them as Jesus saw those at the foot of the cross. They are deceived. If they're right, then we're all okay anyway, which I don't see it that way. I've seen in the spirit realm, we walk in the spirit. So we need to pray for those people and love them. Remember, love never fails. So judgment, harshness, rudeness, it does nothing but tear down. Love is God. God is love. When you love, you bring him into a place. So they're not dumb. They're deceived. And we need to pray for them. So Amen. I want to just answer those two questions. You know what? Love your neighbor. Uh, that includes them. You know, right. those people who are deceived. But uh, you know what? I'm glad you picked up on that first question. I haven't been watching the chat, but that's a really important one. So I'm going to ask Jesse to, uh, to include in the prayer that, uh, you know, people who are new believers, people uh, who were, you know, kind of feel a little bit alone out there, uh, that, uh, that the Lord sends someone that'll help disciple you and the Lord will dispatch and he can dispatch, we can dispatch angels. We can dispatch people, uh, to, to come and minister to you. But I, I also want to say, uh, to that person, cause I don't know who it was or, or what your particular walk is, but when there are times in a walk with the Lord that I have experienced, and in fact, I'm going through it right now to some extent, when you're out in the wilderness, you're by yourself. And usually, uh, when you look in the Bible, and you know, even Jesus went out, and uh, you know, uh, all the you know, a lot of people were separated, and and it's a tough time to go through, but there's usually something really great on the other side of it. 
Amen. So, you know, just trust in God and, and, you know, right now, you know, my life is being systematically dismantled again by mm. God. Praise his name. You know, <laughs> it's, it's like, honestly, you know, he's, I, I had so many friends, you know, really until I started this podcast. <laughs> hey, Jeff. Now you just got me and Jody. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, and listen, we have a, we have a big family, but it's a virtual family. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> we will meet. Mm-hmm. And before the Lord comes is, uh, is what Amen. I'm going to prophetically mm-hmm. say. Amen. Because I can't wait to get reach out to both of you and give you a big hug. I know. I'm done. And by the way, it's going to be an uncomfortable hug. I'm going to hold on to <laughs> the first time. I'll never do it again. Just the first time. It's going to be me. I'm done. Right? <laughs> I'm sure have <laughs> it won't be that uncomfortable. Trust me. I'll wear deodorant and everything. All right. Um, Jesse, uh, do you want to talk about the the Cover the Earth project and then uh, then pray us out? Yeah, we're going to have uh, this week, if we could get lots of prayers, we're going to be having some really exciting stuff going on um, with the anointing. Um, behind the scenes, we've got, um, we'll just say brothers and sisters in the Lord who are anointing warriors. Uh, we're going to try to be Uh, hopefully bringing out their stories here on Right on Radio and uh, sharing with you what's been going on behind the scenes. And um, we're we're going to be this week praying over uh, what we're calling the oil repository. So it's going to have the prayers and the joining of many intercessor warriors, um, jars of oil. And this is the oil that we're going to be sending out uh, to people uh, for anointing the land and some of the higher level areas. So we're really excited about this. Um, it, it is going to be so much bigger than anybody could imagine. Um, we're watching the miracles as they're coming in. And, um, you know, literally we have, uh, we'll just say, I'm going to speak prophetically here after this week, Brazil is going to be on fire for God. Um, And it is going to spread through all the countries. It's just amazing. So I'm looking forward to uh, keeping people updated and sharing what's going on with that project. Um, Just keep it in prayer because the, you know, the warfare with it has been intense, but we're just sticking in there and we're going to keep plowing through. So With that, I will close this in prayer. (laughs) Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for all that you are doing. I thank you that today is a day that you have made and that we can rejoice and be glad in you, Lord. And I pray that each individual here would feel that joy and that rejoicing in you, that their life would be filled with laughter and with songs and praise Lord, we ask that as we go through this week, that you would just touch our hearts, draw us closer to you, just as you drew John close to you, Father. We ask that you would give us the revelations for things that you are revealing in these last days, and that we would walk um, as you have commanded with no fear. Um, Lord, I pray for all those who are new to the faith, who um, don't know as much as they feel that they should. Lord, your word says that you are a teacher, and I pray that as they open their 
Bible and read it, Lord, that you would send your spirit to speak to their hearts. I also ask that you would send other Christians, other believers to come up alongside of them to strengthen them in the faith. Lord, and I ask that you would ground each one and make them into the strong warriors that you um, have prepared in advance for them to be. And Lord, that word has been on my heart the past few days that none of this is happening by surprise. Uh, you have prepared and formed these days for us, as your word has said, um, that you have predestined us to these days. So we thank you for your wisdom and your knowledge and your understanding, and that you strategically have planned all of these events and all the things that are about to occur. So we praise you and thank you. And Lord, I pray that if there is anybody out there who does not know you, that today would be the day they would give your, their heart to you. Um, I'm just going to say a quick prayer that if anybody out there would like to pray along, um, we simply ask, Lord, that, that you would forgive our sins, that you would cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Our desire is to follow you. And your word says that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so, Lord, we just give that to you and ask that you would be the sovereign Lord of our lives and our hearts. And we pray all this in your powerful name, Jesus. Amen. 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 And remember, if you feel called, if you feel like you need to get into the fight, you can join our mailing list. You can join our army. The link is below in the description. By the way, if you just want to be on the mailing list, just check the box that you don't want active duty and you'll just be put on the general mailing list. We don't spam you, by the way. We don't sell your information, but you can join. So remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor, and make a difference in your community. Okay, we are still live, but I just ended the recording. Right on, right on, right on. Right on radio. Right on radio.